Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a fucking ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Rob Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today's April 30th, 2019. 128 days to kick off. Woohoo! Woohoo! Right around the corner. So close. Yeah, not a lot going on in football world. Uh, we're going to bitch about the draft for a little while. First, I want to get the follow-up and fact checks out of the way. Uh, follow-up, I had asked if George Warhop was the only offensive line coach Donovan Smith has had with the Buccaneers. The answer to that is yes, he was. Smith was drafted in 2015, and Warhop was hired in 2014 by the Buccaneers. I honestly think with Warhop gone, the offensive line is going to be better. I really hope so. They really have nowhere to go but up, right? <laughs> they weren't that bad, were they? They were pretty bad. They could go I don't know. They could give up 12 sacks a game. I worry that Winston just has PTSD. And even if they play well, he's still going to be flighty and feel rushed and get the happy feet. Hopefully, Bucko Bruce will get that out of him. But last year, he definitely had the happy feet. But Warhop, they just, I did not like the way they did the line. Like I said, it's way too much movement. A lot of those guys just were not good at blocking in space. You know, Donovan Smith, Jensen. Uh, none of those guys could get out in space and block anybody, it seemed like. And we did way too much of them. You know, I'm surprised that Evan Smith is still on the roster. Yeah, me too. But, I, you know, he's a, he's, a good, he's a decent backup, I guess. <laughs> when he's sober on the field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't mind him rolling the ball to the quarterback. <laughs> Falling on his head <laughs> during a snap. <laughs> <laughs> one time he just <laughs> fell right over <laughs> Before the ball was even snapped. Well, he was the center, I think, at he that was, point. Yeah, yeah, he just fell over. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get the video of that. So many good little video clips of guys doing stuff that, you know, that doesn't get picked up on the broadcast. Uh, another follow-up. Molly had really screwed up. Who it was that got <laughs> beat up? I don't even remember who I said. Polinsky or some some ice skater. It sounded like a Russian. I don't know. But- I don't even know how I knew that name. It just came to me. You just made it up. I did. But it was Nancy Kerrigan who got attacked. It was Tanya Harding's boyfriend okay. who busted up Nancy Kerrigan's knee. And she's like in the hallway going, what? What? Like, a, <laughs> like Darth Vader at the end of, no. <laughs> it was exactly like that. Yeah. All right, let's get to some Buccaneer news. This is about all we got for news. Uh, the team announced the release of five players, including Joe Dirt. That was sad. It was sad. I was upset like to see that. Yeah, he's got character. That's uh, Riley Bullough, for those who don't know. He's a linebacker. He played, I think, nine games for us last year after we got thin on the linebacker squad. Yeah. Uh, the other four players signed earlier this offseason, uh, it was kicker Philip Anderson. Isn't that the German guy? I do not want to do a fact check or follow <laughs> up on that, so let me look it up. And Molly was correct. He's what? Danish. And he came to the Buccaneers via the German Football League's Berlin Eagles. I didn't even know there was a German Football League. That, that's got to be... Soccer. Soccer, as us in the real world say it. <laughs> <laughs> we're the only country in the world that says soccer. Well, we're the most important. So, <laughs> that's all that matters. That's right. Uh, the German Football League's Berlin Eagles. That sounds like a... American football team. I've never heard of Berlin Eagles. They've got weird names over there for their soccer their clubs. soccer clubs, right? Yeah, like United. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> the NFL consumes our life. Well, I'll be darned. Looking this up, the Berlin Adler 
the English is uh, Berlin Eagles. It's an American football club based in Berlin, Germany. Uh, it's apparently one of the most successful clubs in the sport in Germany, having won six German Bowls as well as ten Lady Bowls and five Junior Bowls. I don't know what any of that means. I don't either. <laughs> it was funny. We're looking this up, and the Berlin Eagles are a horse riding club as well. <laughs> so we're sitting there going, what is up with horse riding in the Buccaneers? He would have fit in with Devin White and Kendall Beckwith. Yes. Damn, maybe just... if he was a horse rider, he would have stood then a better he chance. Stayed, yeah. Poor Philip. I, I had no idea there was an American football club in Berlin, Germany. Yeesh. I missed the whole European League. I thought that was a good feeder. Really? What? We don't watch any of the American feeder leagues. Because they don't stay around longer than a year. <laughs> well, even when they are on, we don't watch those. Well, what we had? We had the arena, and that was, I don't know, man. That was, that was like watching indoor hockey. We have the CFL. One, that's not American. <laughs> Two, those people have a really big field, and they do a lot of weird stuff. That, okay, fine. Yeah. Next, the AAF. They, they don't, yeah, I know. I was waiting to see what would happen with Well, before. the XFL is coming back now. I'm excited about that, to be honest. Are you? Yeah. The XFL, early, when it came out, when was that? Like 2000, yeesh. That's something else I got to look up. 2001. Gosh, it was that long ago? Well, 20 years ago. I couldn't even vote then. You're just trying to make me feel old. <laughs> yeesh. <laughs> I couldn't even drive then. But they had you could put whatever you wanted on your jersey, and there was the guy he hate me. That was his. That was his name on his jersey. It's like he was like the most famous XFL player. Memorable for sure. Yeah, he came to the NFL, I believe. Hold on, let me fact check that one real quick. Yeah, so uh, his name was Terod Deshaun Rod Smart, and he was he hate me. Apparently, he did it because his brother was a jerk to him or something like that. <laughs> uh, but he ended up signing with the Philadelphia Eagles after the 2001, or, or do it during the 2001 season. Uh, he spent four seasons with the Carolina Panthers from 2002 to 2005, uh, including winning the NFC Championship in 2003. He also spent time with the Oakland Raiders in 2006, as well as the Tennessee at the never-launched All-American Football League. He was a running back. Yeah, most iconic XFL player. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to see it come back. Hopefully, uh, hopefully McMahon will have it be more in your face and harder hitting what the NFL is lacking. Yes. Let's get more defense up in there. Yeah. Besides Philip Anderson and Joe Dirt, we lost punter Hayden Hunt, defensive end Hunter Dimmick, and defensive tackle Nick Thurman. Nick Thurman was the one from the AAF. You know, I just said all that. I don't think we got through Philip Anderson. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what I was doing. So Nick Thurman came from the AAF and is now cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was he defensive end? Yeah. Defensive tackle. Riley got picked up immediately, basically, by the Tennessee Titans. So he'll be joining Adam Humphreys. Is that like our sister team now? I know, right? <laughs> we're their farm team. <laughs> I think we're everybody's farm team. Right. We have been for the past 10 years, anyway. So we'll play them this year. Riley Bullo. Riley. Going to get run over by Peyton Barber. Yeah, probably. Uh, now, I liked Bolo as a person, but as a player, eh, he didn't really contribute a whole lot, and he was quick to get run over. But the effort was there. The effort was there. They've announced the jersey numbers for our rookies that we took in the draft. I saw that. Devin White is not going to take number 40, the A-Train. Yes. I, I wonder if that, did, is that his decision? I think so. He's going to take number 41. Yes. Which, you know, if it's his decision, that's cool. If the Bucks were like, no, you can't do that, then I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. But, yeah, you, what, I don't understand why he's not wearing a linebacker number anyhow. Get up in the 50s. We've got him wearing 40, 41 in the 40s. And then we have 
Vita Vea on the defensive line wearing a 50. What is up with this? Next, we have a quarterback wearing 80s. It's too confusing for me. <laughs> I'm a simple man. <laughs> you can't even read the numbers half the time. <laughs> this <so>. is true. <laughs> I don't know what difference it makes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you see the Buccaneers were out of a 5,000 and some fan votes across the nation? Buccaneers uniforms were voted last place. Um, no. Were they ugly? They just plain ugly. I'm sorry. The helmet logo, spectacular. Uniforms, not so much. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. They're just not very cohesive. Yeah, it looks like four different people did it, designed it without communicating with each other. <laughs> it's like when you're doing a group project and you all take one part of it yeah. and then you don't get together until a presentation day. <laughs> and then there was the one guy who didn't do anything until the last minute. His alarm went off and he looked over. He was the number guy. Oh, you know, I did that once during college. I was in a group project. I always came up with an excuse to not go to the meetings. They had me write the introduction. So they sent all of their papers to me and I had to make it like a cohesive paper. And it was extremely difficult because they were all over the place. I really should have gone to the meetings. (laughs) So I do my part, do the best that I can with it. We go and present to the class. We get our grade and I had the highest grade. And the teacher said... It's clear that Molly really did all the work in this group. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It was bad. I I bet they hated you. It was the final grade, and we never met after that. (laughs) So I never had to see those people again. But that's probably. I still feel a little bad about it. We had a a project in a physics class in college one time where everybody did everything and and all that. And I was the one who was going to put it all together. But at the end, I put it all together, and I worked like an like a week straight on this thing. I wrote a computer program. I was so proud of this. And we turned it in, and then we never got our grades back for like two weeks. And I finally went to the teacher. I was like, are, are we getting grades back? Because I really wanted to, and, and nobody in my group saw what I had done because I wanted to surprise them, you know, and be like, you know, and the teacher, because I knew it was going to be like, this was an awesome project. And, you know, I wanted them to, Ralph obviously did everything. <laughs> but uh, the teacher said, yeah. Uh, she put everything in in her computer and it got wiped out. So everybody was just getting an A. <gasps> oh no! Yeah. So I had done all that work for nothing. I could have just sat on my thumb for that whole project and I would have gotten an A. Would they have known if you had turned it in at least? Because then, if you didn't even turn one in, you would get an A. Yeah, I don't think she knew. Anything. <laughs> and if I remember correctly, they, everything had to be presented on a floppy disk. So I are don't you know. sure it wasn't your floppy disk that crashed your computer? If I wouldn't have done the project, that's what I would have done. <laughs> but make a virus, give it to you on your floppy disk. <laughs> so yeah, those are our class project stories. <laughs> Speaking of class project, you know, a lot of people are, are have been complaining about our draft picks. You know, not necessarily who we picked, but the fact that we picked so many defensive backs, uh, not enough offensive people, especially offensive line and all that. So you know, I got to looking around at. You know, what was our position of need? Who did, who did we have on the team? Who was going to play? What positions were lacking in actual bodies? The breakdown is kind of like this. Now, every team is different, but the breakdown goes like this. You have nine offensive linemen, 10 defensive backs, where they include safeties and cornerbacks. You have seven linebackers, nine defensive linemen, six wide receivers, three tight ends, two quarterbacks, four running backs, one kicker, one punter, and one long snapper. So those are the depths. Yes. That that's your teams whole team. across the league have. Like, as an average, this is how yes. many players in each position that the teams keep. Right. Okay. And, you know, some teams keep more tight ends, less tight ends, more Well, that's why receivers. you have an average. Yes, exactly. 
as far as we went, we came into the draft with nine offensive linemen. Okay, and that's the average. That's right on time. Uh, defensive backs, we had 11. Okay, and the average is 10? The average is 10. Linebackers, we had seven. Ooh. So what's average? That's oh, that's the average. Right on average. But two of them are hurt. One of them probably will not be on the team. Kendall Beckwith? Kendall Beckwith. And then Jack Sitchie? Yes. Okay. Don't know his, his status right now. We don't know. Uh, seven wide receivers, five tight ends, three quarterbacks, five running backs, two kickers, two punters, one long snapper. So we're over on punters, kickers, running backs, quarterbacks, tight ends, wide receivers. In the defensive line, we had 13. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, but an average is nine. But the weird thing about this is that includes JPP, Nassib, all the guys that were defensive ends last year that are probably going to be more linebackers this year. Okay. Who knows how that's going to work out? If they're going to play defensive tackles, it's going to be a really unusual situation where they're going to put these guys. So, you know, we were okay on offensive linemen. And, you know, if you look at our offensive line, we've got Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen, Damar Dotson. Those guys are set. Then we have Caleb Bettenock, Alex Kappa, Evan Smith, Earl Wadford, Michael Lidke, and Cole Boozer, whoever he is. <laughs> it's so weird. You just get these these guys. That you, how do you not know a guy on your team? Well, it's like a lot of people didn't know we had four quarterbacks, Joe Callahan, until he got waived. And then they were like, yeah, everybody's like, damn, we had a, who was that? So, you know, we've got plenty of backups. I mean, Mike Lidke is pretty decent. Earl Wadford, don't know yet. Alex Kappa and Caleb Beninock. I know everybody gives Beninock a hard time last year because he really was bad at the beginning of the year. He got better towards the end of the year, and I actually liked him towards the end of the year. He was he was getting extremely aggressive, and I loved that. It's funny, Earl Watford on Twitter. Some of the some of the Bucks podcasters, um, people that make videos. What somebody said is Tuesday, and I can't believe we didn't draft a guard. I feel like I may. Be greatly underestimated the Earl Watford signing. So then um, another podcaster said, what if there just wasn't a guard high enough? Earl Watford ended up responding to the thread. And he said, there's a reason why I'm here. It'd be a waste of time to sign me if I wasn't going to work and do the job I'm paid to do at the highest level. Could have drafted or signed 10 guys. Competition is fun, and I like taking jobs. Boom. I like this guy. <laughs> yeah. He's the one that was asking about what's the fan hashtag. Yeah, what's the fan Twitter? Yeah, we should get him on the show. I know, right? Yeah, write that down. Okay. So, you know, we're set at offensive line. I mean, yes, it'd be, not, you know, DeMar Dotson, he's getting long in the tooth, but we got Caleb Beninock behind him as, you know, his eventual replacement. Uh, so, you know, we're set. It's just, I don't see, if this is, the offensive line is going to be totally different in how they play this year. You know, there's not going to be as much space. They're going to be basically just protect Winston and open up hills, open up holes in the running game. They're not going to be all this shifting and moving and, you know, running around, getting in open space and all that good stuff that we've seen for the past three or four years. Ever since Warhop's been here, you know, it's going to be, they're basically just going to be a wedge, I, th- I think, just from what I've seen with Bruce Arians. Cause he doesn't, he doesn't have running backs stay in and chip. He doesn't have tight ends stay in and help. It's basically those five guys have to stop whoever's coming, you know, whether it's a blitz, you know, whether it's just four defensive linemen, five defensive linemen, you know, whatever. So, you know, they're, they're going to be, the responsibility is going to be different. They're not going to be asked to do as much. So I think we're okay at offensive line. I, I'm, not, I'm not too worried about that. I think we could use some competition at left tackle. Yes, that's true. I think there are positions that we could upgrade, but not like a pressing need. Yeah, well, that's the, you know, that's the thing with the draft. I mean, you get these guys, you know, and in the first round alone, it's a 50% shot that they're going to make it in the NFL. Right. So you're taking a gamble either way, and 
it'd be nice to have competition with Donovan, have somebody that could replace DeMar Dotson. But even if we did draft them, we don't know if they're going to work out. So I don't get all the hubbub about why we didn't draft offensive linemen. Although, you know, I'm a trenches guy. I'll never get upset if we draft offensive linemen or defensive linemen. To me, you can't ever go wrong that way. But I see where they were coming from because, you know, our defense is now going to be extremely linebacker heavy. So, you know, the average is 10. We're probably going to keep 12. You know, right now we've got 14. Two of them are hurt. One of them is most likely not going to play. So we're about right where we need to be going into training camp. I mean, that's the defensive backs. Linebackers, we have stuff. But then again, like I said, we have guys like Nassib, Spence, that are probably going to be outside linebackers instead of defensive ends, defensive tackles. So our linebacker core is going to expand without us having to add anybody. But we needed to add somebody because we lost Quan, We lost Beckwith. We don't know about Sitchie. You know, I mean, we were thin at linebacker. And I think we've got a linebacker that's going to do a good job. Bruce Arians said right before the draft that the front was seven, set. Yeah, yeah, the front was set. Yeah. So that's what they did during the draft. They got the back end. Yeah, and I heard from somewhere that even if we would have picked third, we would have gotten Devin White. Oh, yeah, that's the, who they wanted. Yeah, the only people that were ahead of him was Keenan Williams and Bosa. And they were taken right off the, right right. Off the bat. It's going to be interesting, though, if Josh Allen does end up being an elite player... <laughs> We're never going to hear the end of that. Never. Never. So we got OTA off-season workouts starting May 22nd through 24th, the 29th through the 31st, and June 4th through 7th. Mandatory minicamp is June 12th through 14th. You were saying that we had some people coming in trying out. Yeah, we've got rookie minicamp is May 10th through 11th. And we have a list of some of the rookie tryout players Greg Allman has put together. On defense, we've got defensive end, Rick M. Holmes, defensive line Anthony Johnson, defensive tackle Kyle Sergi Henderson, defensive tackle Derek Calloway, linebacker Judah Davis, cornerback Mazzy Wilkins, cornerback Dewan Neal, defensive back Isaiah Olave, defensive back Hakeem Kennard, defensive back Mook Reynolds, Mook. punter Mac Loudermilk, punter Corey Fatoni. And on offense, we have quarterback Vincent Testaverde Jr. That's Vinny's son. Vinny's son. You know, uh, not a big fan of bringing having him on the team, that's for sure. After we ran his dad out of town. Right. Well, he'd be practice squad at best, probably. Quarterback Ty Ganji. Quarterback David Pindle. Wide receiver Spencer Schnell. And offensive tackle Riley Mayfield. So, one offensive lineman. A bunch of quarterbacks. Yeah, none of those guys will. Yeah, probably not. Maybe practice squad. Oh, defensive lineman Ronald Ollie, star of Last Chance U. Is that about the JUCO, the junior college? I think in Mississippi. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember we watched that? We uh, did. That was good stuff. Yeah. That was a couple years ago. A few years ago. Yeah. What was that? Is that on Amazon or? I can't. Netflix. Remember. Probably HBO. Netflix. Gosh. There's so many streaming services now. I can't keep track of them all. I know. There was a report out that the Browns GM, John Dorsey, is interested in trading for Daryl McCoy. Yeah, I'm seeing all kinds of stuff all over the place on this. Like, Rick Stroud has talked to his sources, and they've said... Totally unsubstantiated. Totally unsubstantiated. Roy Cummings said the same thing. When I read the article, it said John Dorsey is interested in making a play for Daryl McCoy. That's what it said. Not that he is, that they're in talks. No. Uh. So apparently we have a mind reader journalist who <laughs> they like to knows do that, what this GM is thinking. Well, they're talking about trading Duke Johnson, the running back, 
for Darren McCoy? I think it's all just wishful thinking. Well, Cleveland's got plenty of cap space. Indianapolis has got a ton of cap space. I can see him going to Indianapolis. They need a defensive tackle. So, But, you know, are they going to take the chance of waiting to see if we cut him? You know, if any team really – I mean, there's Ziggy Anza's out there. Dominican Sue is out there. You know, there's, there's a lot of defensive linemen in free agency that just aren't getting picked up. I figured after the draft, after the, after everybody settled with this defensive draft, teams would know what they needed. You'd start seeing some people being moved, but nothing so far. I thought we would have an answer by this week. Well, I really thought during the draft would be when McCoy would get moved. But to me, there's there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, I'm seeing people talking. There's articles about how we could keep Gerald, you know, who we could move instead, and and how we could save camp room for him and all this. No, he's not staying. He's not staying. It doesn't make sense for several reasons. One, we have a team with some holes, and so your answer to keep one guy is that we should cut six in his place. It right. just doesn't make sense. We're yeah. cash-strapped. We, we can't, can't afford do to that. do it. Can't afford to do it. It can't be done. I mean, we're paying Donovan Smith a boatload of money. We're paying James Winston a boatload of money. We're paying Michael Evans a boatload of money. If we pay Gerald McCoy what he's doing, and we're paying JPP about the same as Gerald McCoy, right? Mm-hmm. More? It's like yeah, more. 14, yeah, it's like $14 million. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, there's nothing to say JPP staying either, but... He's staying. Yeah, like... <laughs> he'd be mad if he left. I would. Uh, Light and Arians have both talked about JPP, NASA, Vita Vea, but even Bo Allen, but they have not talked about McCoy. That's what also doesn't make sense. Arians is big on player confidence, huge. Yes. And he has used the media to talk up guys, build their confidence, like Vernon Hargreaves, Peyton Barber, um, Rojo, all these guys, Noah Spence. He's been talking them up in the media. Yeah, they have really he, been talking Noah Spence up. He just hasn't been doing that about Jerome McCoy. In fact, he, as Greg Allman noted, he's actually done the opposite. Yes. He has said some things that are definitely going to be an ego deflator, yeah. if nothing else. You're not that good anymore. Probably not worth the money. That position is not important. That's not Bruce Arians' M.O. for a guy that he wants to keep on the team. Yeah, you don't tear a guy down like that and talk talk crap about him if you're trying to keep him on the team. And I think, and I brought this up before, I just don't think Arians is real big into leadership, you know, especially veterans, and he wants people in there with a certain style of leadership. And we all know Gerald McCoy is just not, he has a certain style of leadership, which he claims is, you know, I let my actions, I let my leadership, my actions Speak for themselves. What, what is it he said? I can't remember. I can't remember. I'd lead through example. That's right. right. That's what he says. I'd lead through example. He's not a rah-rah guy. He's not going to get up in other players' faces if they mess up and all that good stuff. And Aaron just doesn't, I don't think he likes that. Now, Jeremy McCoy is more like your cool big brother, I feel like. Yes. That's kind of his leadership style. That's not what Bruce Arians is looking for. I just, he's not staying with the team. I would be shocked if he's staying with the team next season. Oh, I'd be totally shocked. Yeah. Yeah, all the evidence is pointing that Darren McCoy is gone. Frankly, I would just like to have an answer sooner rather than later so we can quit talking about it. True enough. I agree with you on that. And here we are sitting here talking about it. Here we are. It. I think we talk about it every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he's an iconic player. He's been with the Bucks for nine years. Yeah, it'll be a big deal when he leaves. But it won't be as big of a deal if... Because they have been preparing everybody for it. I think so, too. If it would have just come out of nowhere, you probably would have seen half the fan base revolt. 
a lot of people are in denial still. He's not staying. It's not yeah, happening. Not happening. So, yeah, I think our team is getting closer and closer to being set. Linebackers are going to be a really big part of our defense now. So, you know, having 14 on the roster right now is not that big of an issue. <laughs> or not 14, 7 on the roster. But we got 14 defensive backs. I think the, the defensive backs and the linebackers are really going to be crucial. You know, our defensive backs are basically going to play man coverage, which, thank God, I'm so sick of this zone cramp or this playing off. 10 yards, ugh. Do you think this draft where we spent all this capital on defensive backs is a testament to Jason Light's previous drafts where he's brought in? No, I don't think so. I think that everybody on the roster that he's drafted in the defensive back position is pretty much going to stay there. I don't see any of them are in trouble, you know, being released. I mean, you know, uh, Carlton Davis, Whitehead. I mean, these guys are, well, Isaiah Johnson might be kind of on the bubble. He's good for depth. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have an issue with him last year. Justin Evans, though, that Chicago game, that was tough. <laughs> that was that was a really, really bad game field to put in your portfolio. I mean, Vernon Hargreaves, he ain't going nowhere. MJ Stewart, we're talking about moving him to safety. Right, and they said that he's a starter. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think I don't think it's a testament to like not those guys were put in a really bad position, especially last year. You know, with that Mike Smith crappy defense where they were basically instructed to not do anything. I know. I think that that's probably the case. <laughs> yes. You know, and then, you know, he gets fired and, you know, then they're, they're basically on their own to try and figure out how to stop these offenses. And it just, it was a mess. They were, they were not put in good position, I think. So I don't think that the likes going to hold that against them. I think they did well. Second, second half of the year, I think the cornerbacks safeties did, did an above average job, especially considering what all had happened with the injuries and the coach firings and all that good stuff. So I, I don't, I don't see any of them getting released. We'll see though. I was wrong once. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> That's good. That's why I like you. <laughs> Short term memory. <laughs> like a goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, we will have another podcast up Friday. So you can enjoy it on your drive home or you're driving to work. And throughout the weekend. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach me by email, mollybay at buccaneersobserver.com. You can reach Ralph at ralph at buccaneersobserver.com. We're on Twitter at bucks underscore observer. And you can take a look at our website. We got a little bit of content there, buccaneersobserver.com. I'm so excited about redoing that website. It is the ugliest website. <laughs> It's not no, ugly, it's outdated. Yeah, it's like five years old, six years, something like that. But yeah. it's not as ugly as Joe Buck's fan. I'll, I'll say that. That is, talk about outdated. I mean, theirs is the 90s. And it's At least mine not is. even mobile friendly. No, no. Well, if I use Brave Browser or Chrome, when I go to Joe Buck's, it, it like pops up and says, do you want to have this to where you can read it? <laughs> because there's just, you, do, you have to like zoom in. Yeah, that's what I have to do on mine. But yeah, with the Brave or Chrome Browser, you can hit that, make it reader friendly or something and it'll... Take off all that crap and just give you the text. So, yeah, I've got a revamping of the website coming. So I'm very excited to see it. And we're going to start having more content, too, if Molly will start writing Get some stuff. Get off my butt and do something. Yeah. But until then, guys. Go Bucks. <laughs>